and welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, I am graced with the presence of my main man, Dr. Sam. You know, I think today's podcast is going to be amazing. Oh, really? I think it's going to be amazing, too. (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man 2. We're talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2, everybody. Wow, what what a film we have to talk about right now. What a film we have to talk about. Uh, just quick thoughts on it. How do you feel about the film, Taylor? Uh, I do not like it. This was a pain to get through. This was worse than the first one, if you can imagine, which I also was not the biggest fan of. Uh, Sam, quick thoughts on this, and what did you think of the first one again? Uh, exact opposite thoughts. I actually, hot takes... <laughs> really like this movie. There are a lot of problems with it, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I had way more fun than I should have watching this, and I forgot that I actually liked it, because I got into like the little hater camp that everybody gets into with this movie, and then I was like, man, and then I watched it again recently <laughs> for the podcast, and I was like, all right, I kind of like this. Is it like a hot mess that you liked it so much, or like... No, the, the parts of it that work, I think work like really well. They're just bogged down in too many plots, too many characters... Too much studio mandated universe building and this the stuff that the stuff that makes Spider Man Spider Man like really works well and I, I wish they had stuck with that. Okay. So hmm. I, I want to fix this because I like it and I want it to be better. Yeah, it is sort of a failed potential thing that's the rough thing. Like there was a lot there's a lot of good things here, but it, it just way too much too. Just a lot of bad. And look at any interview with Andrew Garfield, and you'll know the, the wasted potential that there was with this. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, we'll di- we'll talk about more our feelings later. But should we just jump into this Let's summary? Jump into this amazing summary. Oh God, this is going to be a mess. But it's going to be a lot. Um, okay, so we opened the film with the Peter Parker's parents leaving, being all like, oh, there's something going on, we need to leave, and they drop Peter off again at Aunt May's and um, Uncle Ben's, and they drive off and go into this airplane where they're just casually talking and just tapping on their computers <laughs> roughly, you know? And then as uh, Peter's dad is uploading something to somewhere, uh, uh, the, one of the pilots comes out of the cockpit and rinses blood off his hands, and Mr. Parker thinks that's kind of weird. Yeah, that is really weird. But what is this guy doing? And this he, <laughs> he pulls a gun out of a drawer and says, hold on, Mr. Parker, and the two of them fight. He tries to close Peter's dad's laptop to make sure that the whatever he's sending out doesn't get sent out. His mom tries to help, but at some point they, they're fighting, and she gets shot as the plane starts to go down. The... The bad guy gets flung out from one of these open uh, airplane doors, and Parker's dad is just like holding onto a seatbelt and tapping on the computer, and it's like seatbelt oh. like around his neck, <laughs> yeah. and he, but he's still like opening the laptop and like pushing it to like make the make the, the whatever he's sending get sent out, and it does get sent out. Yes, and then he's like, oh, and then the plane just like keeps going on, and then we cut to. Spider-Man falling somehow from, like... He's, like, falling from, like, the top of a building. Yeah. (laughs) How'd you get up there, man? He's spider-webbed. He's spider-webbed up to the top, and he's falling. He's swinging his webs through the city. He is chasing after this bad guy, played by Russian Paul Giamatti. Oh, my God. Who's trying to steal a bunch of plutonium from Oscorp. Yeah, and, man... 
this is uh, definitely one of the spots where I was like, we're in for something because Paul Giamatti is just literally a cartoon in this. Yes. He's like, we need the uh, Russian stuff and ah, Spider-Man. He's in this movie for all of three minutes and he's having the most fun. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> he's he's doing that while Peter as Spider-Man gets a phone call from his girlfriend Gwen Stacy who is sitting at graduation. Oh, what? And she's like, get, you better get here for my valedictorian speech. And he's like, I'll be there five, ten minutes tops. Spoiler alert, he doesn't get to graduation in time. Oh, no. Uh, but so he and a bunch of cops are chasing after Paul Giamatti's rhino. Uh, the cops just have, like, a Blues Brothers fest of crashing cars. Yeah, there is a lot of collateral damage in this. But in the meantime, as Paul Giamatti's about to, like, run over... This bespectacled nerd played by Jamie Foxx. Spider-Man swoops in, saves him. He's got all these blueprints, and he's like, hey, you gotta hold on to these. You're my eyes and ears out here, Max. And then he's like, you know my name. Whoa, Spider-Man, he he likes me. And he's like, I need you, Max. He's like, I need you too, Spider-Man. So then they end up capturing Paul Giamatti. Peter, as he's catching Paul Giamatti, looks to the side and sees a cop car driving by, and he sees Gwen's dad. Oh, no. Oh, But it's shit. not actually her dad. It's Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. Because uh, at the end of the movie, he made the promise to Gwen's dad that he would not get involved in Gwen's life anymore. But obviously, he did not follow through on that promise. Yep. Peter is sort of a douche in all aspects. Uh, a in a little opinion. bit, I mean. Get to it later. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, uh, but he does uh, see Gwen's dad, ghost dad, and then he gets to graduation, just in time for him to grab his own diploma. Yes. He goes up and just Gwen Stacy's there handing out diplomas and just gives Gwen a good old French in front of everyone. I, yeah. He goes for it, man. He goes for it. Now listen, if you're, if you're in high school and everybody knows that you're like the class couple and just going to go for it, the two smartest kids in school. You're like, oh, look at that nerd up there. Going, nerd love. <laughs> Gross. Ugh, it's but, so adorable. But uh, Barf. Yeah, he gets his diploma and him and Aunt May have a nice talk. They talk about how they wish his parents and how Uncle Ben was there. He sees Gwen and Gwen's like, hey, you're going to come to family dinner tonight, right? Peter's like, of course I will. And then as Gwen walks away to take a picture with her family, he sees Ghost Ghost Dad. Dad. (laughs) Ghost Dad is uh, standing there just as a constant reminder to Peter that... Constant reminder and constant resting bitch face looking at him. Mm -hmm. I honestly want to know how much they paid Dennis Leary to just show up with like three (laughs) scenes saying nothing and just look in the camera. Uh, Honestly, though. So then, yeah, it's a constant reminder that Peter has broken his promise to Gwen's dad. And so later that day, he's going to dinner with Gwen's family and breaks up with Gwen again. Well, yeah, he he tells her that they shouldn't be together, but, like, he can't say the word. So then finally Gwen's just like, no, I'm going to break up with you. Because he keep, it sounds like this has been a thing that he's been doing because she mentions how, like, He's talked to her about how that he's seen her dad and, like, it's a ghost and a reminder. And Gwen's just like, no, this time I break up with you and we're not going back. And, yeah, then they break up and we have a, a little montage of Peter just, like, going ham as Spider-Man. Like, he, he he's, fill, he's filled up his free time that he used to have with a girlfriend. And even the news is just like, we've been seeing a lot more Spider-Man these days. 
I hope he's getting laid. Like, I, I feel like that just stopped happening because he's just showing up everywhere. Poor Spider-Man. But he does endearing things. He saves the city. He saves a kid who, like, is getting bullied by some other kids, and he, like, walks, you know, the kid home. And it's like, you made a really cool science fair project. And the kid's like, thanks. And so now we go and meet Jamie Foxx's character again, who, it's his birthday! But at this point, like, a few months have passed, yeah. and... Jamie Foxx is obsessed with Spider-Man. I don't even he, know if obsessed is, like, does justice to this. Like, his whole walls are just covered in, like, Spider-Man, like, photos and paraphernalia, and he's, like, talking to himself as if he's talking to Spider-Man. And he pulls out a cake from the fridge, and he says, like, Spider-Man, you shouldn't have. You got me a cake? And it's just, oh, my God, this guy has no friends. He's got no social skills whatsoever. It's just, ooh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, like, a bit cartoony again if I have to go do it and so he's going to work and who bumps into him but BJ Novak <laughs> this is also a weird thing that doesn't really go anywhere no because they brought BJ Novak in for a couple scenes he if the series had continued it was supposed to be like another big bad guy eventually but it doesn't go anywhere so it's just weird that it's like hey it's fire guy <laughs> you were on the office right yeah it's like yes I was and yeah BJ Novak is just like you suck. Go go fix things. Yeah, go do all my bitch work, basically. And then he's like, I can't. It's my birthday. And he's like, no one gives a crap. And so Jamie Foxx goes into the elevator, and then Gwen Stacy comes in, and Spider-Man is on one of the TVs on the elevator going up, Mm -hmm. and Max, Jamie Foxx's character, is just like, I love Spider-Man. He's my hero. He saved me once. We're best friends. And Gwen's just like, yeah, I really like him, too. Uh, All right, bye. (laughs) And that's their interaction. But he mentions that's his birthday and that, like, he would invite Gwen. But, you know, the guest list is full with celebrities and other really important people. They have a good time. Yeah. Then Jamie Foxx goes into kind of like the electrical center where they're doing like experiments Mm -hmm. on like these eels, these electric eels. Well, this is like later on in the day. So he's about to leave and then BJ Novak is like, no, there's something wrong. Go deal with this. And Jamie Foxx is like, but it's my birthday. And then BJ Novak's like, fuck off. (laughs) And so Jamie Foxx goes to this eel tank area. He's trying to fix something and he's calling to other people being like hey can you help me out with this and they're like no we're off deal with it with yourself you loser (laughs) and so jamie fox fixes everything but accidentally falls into this pool of eels and is getting like electrocuted with a bunch of eels attacking him at the same time Mm -hmm. he doesn't disintegrate but he just becomes like he like hardens like there's like this big like this shell around him that looks like he was like burned alive basically and so now oscorp has got this huge i guess we forgot to say they're working at oscorp which is also this you know the same place that they were working out in the first film and basically jamie fox's character like made the electrical grid that like the entire city of new york like runs on yeah like he's he's the main architect for a lot of this, but he just keeps getting shit on. Uh, and yeah, Oscorp just had like this incident happen just as Harry Osborne comes back to town. Oh, snap. And what is Harry doing today? Harry is going to see his dad for the final time. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, because his dad, Norman Osborne, is dying of a mysterious goblin disease. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, like, in the original Spider, uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, it's more of like, you know, a metaphor and like Willem Dafoe, like, Trance, like, makes himself into this goblin figure. In this movie, they're, he's, these characters are literally, or Norman's literally grown long fingernails, like his hair is all spiky and, like, 
this like disease is just ravaged his entire body that he just becomes a goblin. Yes, and he's telling his son Harry that like, oh, and it's in you too. Ooh, like it's gonna get ya. But of course, not before saying you were a disappointment as a son, and I'm glad I sent, shipped you off so that you could become a like a stone cold like business run like. He hates his son, but he leaves this $20 billion company to him, 20 years old. And I'm like, hey, man, you got a $20 billion company now. Get a nice haircut, all right? <laughs> it's literally in your eyes. It's I can't nails. see. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go on Queer oh, Eye for the straight guy. Sorry, the, you mean Norm or Harry? I meant Harry, yeah, but, you know, Norman could use oh, some oh. work, too. And Norman's dying, telling Harry he's going to die, too, which is like, yeah, it's what you want to know. Like, that's the last thing you want to remember your dad as. <laughs> is a goblin who tells you you're going <laughs> to die the same way he is a horrible goblin death. Yeah. And so then Harry now has inherited this business, and he goes to a business meeting. He basically tells everyone, like, yeah, I'm going to run this business now. Which my father, who hated me, still left me the entire $20 billion business. And he's like, all of you will do what I say. But you, lady at the end of the table who's an Academy Award nominee, <laughs> I have a question for you. <laughs> I'm sure you have nothing to do with the plot. She's like, I was your dad's former assistant. And he's like, great, you're my assistant now. You'll do everything that I say in a subplot that we cut out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, now you all have to report to her, and I'm going to dip out. Yeah, but then uh, at some point Peter saw on TV that Norman died, and he heads over to Oscorp and is like, hey, Harry. How's up? How you doing? How you doing? And Harry's just like, I haven't seen you since we were like 12. They have like, they go around New York just talking and being like, how's life been? And Harry's like, my life's been so hard. I had to date all these models and I have all this money. Woe is me. And Peter's like, wow, yeah, Harry, your life sucks. (laughs) Everything's awful. Harry's just like, so is there a girl in your life, you know? And he's like, actually, there's a girl named Gwen. I don't know what we are. It's complicated. Oh, But she works for you. And he's like, oh, might be. No. <laughs> uh, Let me fire her right now. And then, yeah, the two that. of them are friends again. And we move from Oscorp business to Oscorp uh, mortuary, <laughs> where uh, Max is lying down on, like, a table where he's... Well, it's not like Max. It's like a charred Pompeii yeah. version of Max. It's like he he's just fully in rock form, and everyone thinks he's dead. But then the rock starts, like, falling away. And he's got this blue, like, electric, like, skin. And everything in the room starts, like, lighting up. And, like, the power saws start going. And he doesn't really know what's going on. He's in, like, a daze. So he puts on some clothes, runs out. And, like, as he's walking down the street, all the cars are going wild. And he touches one of the car's headlights. And the light goes away. And he realizes he's, like, sapping the energy from the the car. Yeah, and... (laughs) You know, he looks, he sees himself in the mirror, and he's like, whoa, I'm Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. He's like, no, you're not. You've got pants on. Yeah, hey. And the other cut, he looked more like. (laughs) In the Snyder cut of of Amazing Spider-Man 2. And so he turns and sees, from a suburban area, turns to see Times Square in the distance. And I'm like, what suburb is that close to Times Square? I'm sure. I'm sure it makes sense. Anyway, as Max is walking towards Times Square, Peter gets a call from Gwen that uh, she wants them to be friends, at least start some kind of you know friendship relationship, and they go on like a friend date. And Peter's just like, "You gotta stop being so cute. I just." I'm just too attracted to you. Yeah, he says something on the lines where it's like, yeah, man, I can't believe you're wearing the same thing twice. And then Gwen's like, 
What? No, Are you she was like, I just met, I went to this new place that like has these like Korean meatballs and Peter's like, oh yeah, I know you love that place. And she's like, that place opened a month ago. How did, how did you know? Have you been following me? Yeah. And, and in a way, Peter's like, you know, at least once a day. And instead of being creeped out, she kind of smiles and laughs at that. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. But uh, they, Peter tries to lean in for like a kiss and then Gwen's like, I'm going to go to London. And Peter's like, what? She's like, yeah, there's a competition between me and some other high school kid to get, like, this High school, like, nine-year-old kid who's going to Oxford for college. Yes, some... His name is Young Sheldon. <laughs> I can't believe Young Sheldon exists in the same universe as Spider-Man. But yet, so she's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this so we, we can't be anything. And he's like, that's gonna be so hard. But then his spidey sense starts tingling. Uh-oh. Even though nothing's happening. But he turns towards Times Square. And he sees that people are all like, oh, what's going on? And it's Max Electro going around just trying to suck up energy. And some cops are like, what are you doing there, buddy? And he's like, I'm just trying to survive. Just trying to live. And he, like, lifts up, like, this, like, grate. And he just grabs, like, a power line, which I didn't know the New York City power system was just (laughs) underneath a sewer grate. Or whatever, and you just start sapping the energy out of that, and like all the billboards in Times Square start going crazy. And Gwen looks over to where Peter used to be, but his shoes and his jacket are just hanging there, and she's just like, "Of course, of course, Peter's streaking right now, you know." (laughs) Oh yeah, Peter's streaking. (laughs) But he gets Peter as Spider-Man gets to Times Square before he starts talking to Max. Max is looking around and sees that he's on everyone's screens like the Times Square screens and really likes that people are paying attention to him. Yeah, he's like finally being noticed and like he's like people are actually seeing me and you know not for good reasons but he's being noticed. Yeah. But all the the police are like stationed like with their guns like pointed at him and like get ready to shoot and but Spider-Man shows up and he's just like, "Hey, hey, hey. You you can't you can't you can't hurt these cops. Stop hurting these cops." He tries talking to Spider-Man and Electro, and he's like, I don't understand. I don't feel great. I don't feel good, Mr. (laughs) Spider-Man. But basically, he just comes up to him, and he's like, don't you know me, Spider-Man? You saved my life that one time. And then, honestly, in an impressive move, he rem- Peter remembers him. Yeah, what? How the hell do you remember that? That was like, there was a lot going on that day for Peter, you know? It was, it was months ago, but I mean, it was on the day where he would remember certain things. And he's like, oh yeah, you're the guy with the blueprints. And he's like, I'm Max. He's like, you're Max. Like, yeah, and he remembers like exactly what he said to him. Like, you're my eyes and ears, remember? And like, and it's, I don't know. I'm People don't like it. I like it. Uh, I think it's it's such an endearing quality of Spider-Man. We can get to this later. It, it is true, um, but I don't think realistically he would remember him. No, of course not. Uh, and I think if we did have him not remember, it would be a bigger trigger for Max to go apeshit. Yeah. But So anyways, yeah, they're talking. Peter is making ways with him, and it seems like things are just de-escalating. And a cop just tries to snipe Max. <laughs> yep. Well, it's because they were like, only shoot him if he moves, and Max takes like a step forward and accidentally like triggers like a power surge somewhere. Right. And they, they, he shoots him, and then Max just like lights him up and just sh- starts shooting electricity everywhere. And so now Peter is stopping him, Electro, mm-hmm. and he realizes that, oh, everyone's paying attention to Spider-Man now. He's portrayed me. And like, 
I don't, I don't remember this being in the first, the first time I watched it, but like we can hear his inner thoughts and it's like, Spider-Man betrayed me, he betrayed me. And yeah. it gets like more and more intense where he just then explodes and just like tries to attack everyone. Spider-Man saves him, you know, whatnot. And he like splashes, like he takes like a fire hydrant and just like splashes Electro with water, which like, I guess overloads him because he's like shocked himself. Right. Basically Peter, or Spider-Man, Spider-Man as Spider-Man walks over to Gwen who's been watching and it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's just like, good talk, good talk. Also, wait, there are all these people, like, watching behind guardrails and cheering for it. Who are these New Yorkers that are just, like, casually watching this, like, a wrestling match? I mean, I'm, I'm certain that would happen in real life, though, that people... Really? Were, this I is, think, like, I an attack. If police, like, were hadn't, like, you know, all of them been attacking Electro or been, like, subdued, they probably would have pushed the police line back so people couldn't get there. But I know for a fact in real life, especially in today's modern age, people would be filming that shit. I feel like they would be running away pretty fast. I mean, I wouldn't be there for that. It's not like you're on the Today Show with, like, a board or anything. <laughs> it's not the place you want to get on TV for. But the, basically, Electro is subdued. Right. And they take him to their version of Arkham Asylum. And so he basically just, like, starts getting tested on by this one weird doctor who's really... You know, if a character's evil... Just so the audience knows he's evil, he's got to play, like, classical music. Uh, and he's got to, like, have a, a German accent. Like, <laughs> Paul Giamatti had his Russian accent, and this guy's got his German. With big glasses and everything, so we know he's an and evil he's, nerd. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm going to experiment on you. And then Electro's like, I'm Electro. <laughs> he gives himself a supervillain <laughs> name just because he can. And, uh, yeah, and then they dunk him in a tank of water. And we're just going to say bye-bye to Electro for the next hour. Yep. And so now there's also one the Oscorp businessman is there, and he's sort of, like, slowly putting it together that needs to pin Harry for everything. But we'll come back to that in literally an hour and a half. Yep. And so, oh, wow, we have so much to summarize yeah. still. Um, Basically, uh, trying to go through things quickly, uh, Harry calls Peter and is like, hey, you take pictures of Spider-Man? Can you tell Spider-Man to give me his blood? <laughs> And Peter's like, mm, that's not no, how it works. That's not how it works. I, I think it might kill you. And you know, I'm not friends with Spider-Man. I take pictures of him. Yeah. That's like me taking pictures of Paris Hilton, and then you being like, Taylor, kid, I want to go on a date with Paris Hilton. Can you help me out? And then I'd be like, No, Sam, no. don't go on a date with Paris Hilton. What are you doing? <laughs> but then, but in a twist of events, Peter shows up as Spider-Man to yes. Harry's place, and Harry's like. All right, give me your blood. And Spider-Man's like, no, I'm not going to give you my blood. That's not how this works. Yeah. And then Harry yells at him. He's like, you don't save people. You hurt people. And he busts out of there and Harry, like, throws over a table and then just, like, gets on the couch and snuggles and, like, <laughs> like, like, like a CEO does. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, at this point, Peter, we're going to take a little break from Peter. Peter goes, like, home and he's, like, been doing, like, kind of, like, like a corkboard like map of like things to like piece together what his father's research means, how he's going to be able to save Gwen, how he's going to be able to like uh, keep up with the city, and he does that. But he's also trying to figure out how his web slingers can like withstand Electro's electricity because yeah. in this version he's not, as mentioned before, he doesn't just have web coming out of his arms. He actually invented the web things. Yeah, so he's like uh, you know our good guy from Goosebumps, hey. and he just YouTube's it how to <laughs> how to do all this, and he goes on this wacky YouTube channel. Yep. And well, while he's uh, while he's doing that, Harry's at his business office being sad, and Felicity Jones from the Cut subplot walks into his office and is like, "Hey, I know where I can get you the spider venom." 
that can like save your life, even though that's not how this works. No, it wasn't that. Harry finds out that he was framed for the the quote unquote murder of Max, mm-hmm. and then the the illegal experimentation on him, and so he finds out that the Electric Man is actually one of his experiment done by his like company and one of the old white men who was in the business meeting is like, you're out of here, Harry. And Harry's like, I'm going to get revenge on you. And so he sneaks into knockoff Arkham Asylum. Yes. And frees Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx is like, I owe you my life. Well, he's not super into well, it at first, but he's like, why should I trust you? And he's like, you, Harry's like, you need to get me into Oscorp. He's like, you run that business. Well, how, do, how, how do I need to get you into Oscorp? And he's, he's like, we've all been screwed by the sons. I need you. I need you. And then Max is like, you need me? He's like, are we friends? <laughs> and then Harry's like, we already are. <laughs> and the two of them get back into Oscorp. Uh, well, they kill everyone there. Yeah, like, they, the German evil classical music guy dies. Yeah, he, uh, he literally gets roasted. He gets super roasted. Uh, and basically, They're like, dumb glasses. Oh! <laughs> And the lecture just goes kind of like on a little Oscorp killing spree. Kills one of the main security guards and then, uh, like, gives, like, the the guy who took over Oscorp from Harry, like, a heart attack and then resuscitates him. <laughs> yeah. And is like, oh, bonus round. You gotta, you gotta give me the info that I need. And he gives him the info of, like, the secret underground area. Uh, and the guy, like... Harry has a gun on him. He's like, take me to it. And he has, like, the gun on his side, yeah. so it's like the kill shot, you know, the cool way of doing it. And so he goes, shows him all these secret, you know, machines and these, gadgets. Uh, let's just say uh, the unused sequel room. Yes, unused sequel room. Very appropriate. And so he finds, is it the Venom, the Spider-Man Venom yeah, that he, he uses? Yeah, he injects the Spider-Man Venom into Yeah, but it's like the guy, the businessman, injects Harry with the Venom, with Harry's gun hand. Yeah. So it's like, dude, don't do that. He's going to shoot yeah, you. Yeah, what if that, like, just... <laughs> out, he accidentally just pulls the trigger. Yeah. But... That's a very, you're still shooting him with Venom, like, whatever. But basically, he gets injected with the thing, and it... Instead of saving him, it starts accelerating his goblin process. Yes, and uh, we will now put a pin in that, and now we have to talk about Peter for the past time. <laughs> so... Well, uh, I mean, Harry... Gets the Green Goblin suit and leaves. Well, That's- yeah, so now we're going to backtrack a little. So Peter's been obsessed trying to find his dad and mom. Oh, yeah. He has this whole thing where Mumford's and Sons plays, and he's like, Something oh, where's... I think so, whatever. Some, rip some off. indie song of the day. Yes, and so he's searching on Bing to find his family, asking a lot of question marks in those questions. He has a picture of Gwen, and he's like, well, I lose you too. And it's like, oh, God. And then he, well, he has a talk with uh, Aunt May. Yeah. And she's like, your father uh, betrayed Her- or Norman Osborn and sold out these secrets and just abandoned you. So mm-hmm. Aunt May thinks that Harry's parents, or Peter's parents, were awful. Yeah, but and she then, doesn't believe it and everything. Yeah, and but then Peter, like, rips down the wall of, like, things, and he's like, I'm mad, and he takes his dad's old calculator and throws, throws it, it against the wall, and it smashes... But it releases some subway tokens. Oh, hmm. where do these subway tokens go? Peter's like, this is weird. These aren't normal subway tokens. <laughs> and this is one of those weird things that is a bit of a stretch because I would not know what any of this meant if I didn't live in New York. Yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and he just Googles Roosevelt uh, subway D. 
D-line, question mark, question mark, question mark, and finds out there was an old abandoned subway line. He goes down to the subway line. Puts the put, coins in. Puts a coin in the slot, and, f- like, underneath, like, the, the train, like, oh, like a, a train car just comes up from the ground, and it's actually a secret lab that uh, Peter goes in and opens up a computer, and lo and behold, the file that Peter's dad was trying to send just comes through oh. to that computer. And, yes, so then Peter's dad in video explains, like, yes, uh, I knew Norman Osborne was going to use it for weapons and mass destruction, so I put my own blood into it. And uh, so no, they need my genetic code to Which get... Is not how <laughs> DNA and biology works, but we'll allow it. Yeah, and so... Peter finds, and then Peter's dad also talks about, like, I know the biggest thing that's going to upset me about this is my son, because I love him so much, and uh, he uh, means a lot to me, and he just won't never understand, so I'm sorry, Peter, I love you. And it's like, okay, yeah, cool thing there, bro. But, but it's also stuff we kind of probably inferred already. Yeah. Like, of course Peter's dad, like, wasn't, like, the bad guy, and of course Norman was using it for for weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, like, uh, it's very we, true. We already put that together because of Lizard Man. Lizard Man. Lizard Man from the old movie. Uh, but a fun thing I think we should quickly talk about is that we did bring this up in surgery on our first time yeah. around, that... Um, <laughs> Peter's I guess was dad. Your idea that you wanted like Peter's dad to have injected himself with the. Uh... Yes, it's like we're. It's around the same thing we talked about, where we wanted Peter's dad to be more of a mad scientist, where he's like just insane with it. But this is more like, oh, I'm being noble because Osborne's the crazy one, and blah blah blah. But it sort of does explain why Peter is able to deal with it all and no one else is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, very like, wow, that the odds of that happening are one in a million, but, you know, whatever, it's Spider-Man. It's a guy fighting a lizard, goblin, and a guy made out of electricity. I think yeah. I can, you know, believe a lot. So, yeah, so uh, so after Peter gets the, vi- the video voicemail from his father, he gets a voice voicemail from Gwen saying, I got into Oxford and I'm leaving right now. Well, she sort of, he goes to, like, talk to Gwen about everything, and then he finds out that he's intruding on an interview for Gwen in Oxford, and he's like, oh, whoa, shenanigans, uh, sh- I'm from Harvard trying to get Gwen Stacy, ah, I'm gonna get her from you guys, Oxford. I really hope in the meeting that that was the thing that's, that clinched, it was like, ooh, we don't want her stolen from us, I guess we, that, that young Harvard professor. Yeah, so later on, Peter gets the voicemail, yeah. and he finds out that Gwen is leaving that moment for New England, and so... Sp- uh, just England. Oh, sorry, yeah, not New England, sorry. <laughs> That'd be an easy, long-distance relationship. <laughs> You're going to Boston? No. Uh, but she's... I can't she's, deal with Brady, man. But she's literally in a taxi on her way to New York. And to be fair, uh, in this... Well, in, not to be fair. In this moment, Peter should have no idea where she is right now, mm-hmm. but basically where she is... She looks like out across the like the the river and on like the big bridge, uh, Spider Man has written out "I love you" in webs, and, and it's like oh that's so nice. And then she gets out of her car, the cab, and like walks over, and then Spider Man snatches her up and yep. like grabs her and takes her to the top of the bridge and is like, you know, I love you. I'll follow you. To, I'll follow you to England, uh, which. Would be a cool departure for Spider-Man to be like, "Hey, let's go to let's go to England." Yeah, I, 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 I was interested. I was intrigued. Yes, and they uh, are like having a loving moment, and then all of a sudden, the entire, all of the power in all of New York City goes out. Yeah, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what?" 
and they just go up top and they see that Electro is at the power grids and he's just dicking around with them. Yeah, he's basically like absorbing all of the electricity in all of New York, basically making himself the most powerful thing L- in the world. Literally. Gwen tells him that they gotta uh, electrify his, or magnetize his web slingers so that Electro doesn't ruin anything. Right. So they go down to a police car and they have him like connect like the jumper cables, which I'm I'm not sure if that's how that works, but we'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you uh, saw it on YouTube, so he's good. Peter, like, webs Gwen's hand to the cop car and is like, I'm sorry, I can't take you with me. I need to keep you safe. And she's like, Peter, I mean Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, and so Peter goes off to fight Electro at the power station in yeah. what I think is a cool fight. It's, I mean, it's not bad, but at the point where Electro's throwing Spider-Man around and he's hitting the different power grids and it's like different it's, it's notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's a song and then Peter's like, oh, I hate this song. And it's like, oh man, that was so dumb. But then, uh, yeah, they have a big fight and Peter's like actually landing some blows on him, but Electro's like got him like cornered, and then all of a sudden this cop car comes out of nowhere and just slams into Electro. Yep, and, and he goes flying over. And it's Gwen, and she's like, you can't leave me behind, you asshole. Yeah, and he's like, Gwen, you gotta leave, it's too, oh, it's not safe, and everything. She's like, you need me, I know the power grid, and it's like, ah, okay. So then they fight again, they get Electro to the right spot, Gwen turns on the backup generators or whatever, shocks Electro, or missed. It, it basically right. overloads him. Yeah. Like, power, because he's like, he's got like a little sensor on the side of his head that's like, how much power he can take. Which is pretty dumb, but okay. Yes, but it's, it's the thing that lets the plot move forward. Yeah. And so basically Spider, Spider-Man with his webs like hits Electro with it, she start, turns the power back on and it overloads him and kills uh, Electro. St- Gwen Stacy and Peter are like, we did it, woo! But then it's like, whoosh, whoosh. No, it's not, you're just whoosh. You just hear, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and, we're like, and just just so everyone knows, the tone of the movie has been two separate things. Where it's been very cartoony whenever Jamie Foxx is on screen, uh, and very like dark and gritty and like kind of like realistic whenever Harry's like you know trying to take over the company. They've abandoned all of that, and Harry is full cartoon Green Goblin at this point. And he like is like sees Spider Man is like approaching him, but then he notices Gwen Stacy's there. Yeah, and he gives like a little squinty eyes, like ah, ah, like, ah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And he looks back and forth like five times, and then he just looks at Spider Man. He's like, Peter, and Spider Man's just like. Harry, I couldn't do this. Look at what you've become. And then, basically, uh, Harry grabs uh, grabs Gwen and, like, is like, if I can't kill you, I'll kill what you care about. And, like... <laughs> so he flies up to the top of, like, this clock tower and Spider-Man climbs to the top and tries to, like, shoot down Harry and says the thing that every it always happens. Like, oh, God. Put her down, Harry. And he's like, of course I will. And just drops her. Spider-Man grabs her and say and keeps her safe on a web that's while she's still hanging like from uh, like a precarious perch. And the Harry and Spider-Man fight inside of the clock tower. And it's like close quarters, like he's like trying to shoot him down with these webs. Mm-hmm. But Harry keeps trying to like cut the web so that Gwen tries to fall and uh, Spider-Man keeps saving her, and the two of them fight. But at some point all the gears in the clock tower like get stuck. And Spider-Man's like got his foot in one gear, like his arm in another, like he's trying to hold back Harry and hold onto the web. At long last, Harry, like, uh, like cuts the web, but Spider-Man's able to, like, basically knock Harry out like he's he's done for. Yep. As Gwen is falling, 
and she has fallen fallen hard and fallen fast. Yeah. And boy, this is a this is a hard one to to get through. Yeah. He launches a spider web like trying to like save her and like grab her the way that he's been doing. And the spider web turns into a hand trying to get her and it snags her right before Gwen hits the ground so it stops but it so she doesn't she doesn't hit the ground but the way that the web grabbed her her entire body just like snaps. Ugh. Oh, there, there's a lot to unpack there, which we can do later. Okay. Well, soon. The movie's almost over. Yeah, but thank God. He basically, Peter comes down and is like, no, Gwen, like, stay with me, but like, she's just dead. Like, she, she died upon uh, web impact. Yeah, Spider Man snapped Gwen's na- neck unintentionally. I mean, she would have died anyway hitting the ground, but like. But it's worse that's it's, from him. Oh, it's, it's uh, again, more to unpack later. But, but he, yeah, so basically, Spider Man is mourning the death of Gwen. There's a funeral. He, like, hangs out her grave every so often. We kind of see, like, a montage of the seasons passing. And Peter hasn't been Spider Man in months. Crime is going up, and with Spider-Man no longer uh, on the streets, Harry from his jail cell tells a man in like a dark coat from <laughs> from the room of failed sequels. Yes, uh, uh, sequels that never were. Do we remember what this guy's name is? I remember the he guy got the coat. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is, but gentleman, the gentleman, gentleman that was his name. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Harry's like, all right, who do we have? And they're like. Remember Paul Giamatti from the first five minutes of this movie? And there he's like, of course I remember Paul Giamatti. Put him in the rhino suit. And so they put Paul Giamatti in this giant mechanical rhino suit. And he's just tearing up the city, destroying everything. And, and they're like, where is Spider-Man? We need him. But instead of doing anything, Peter's just in his room. But he plugs in a flash drive that says, graduation speech. And he listens to Gwen Stacy's graduation speech. And hearing that gives him the power to go out there and become Spider-Man again. Yes, and so this little kid that Spider-Man had saved his school project on, dressed up as Spider-Man, puts the mask on, runs out to go fight Paul Giamatti, and he just goes into the middle gunfight, like a back and forth, and then Paul Giamatti's like, Oh, 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 Spider-Man! You've not grown since... I don't know. He yeah. says something stupid. <laughs> something like that. And then everyone, like, sees something in the sky and they turn. And then the camera, like, turns around from the little Spider-Man and we see big Spider-Man. Oh, man. And, again, in the same way as Max, where it's, like, so unrealistic, he, like, leans down to the kid and is like, Hey, thanks, Spider-Man. I appreciate it, but I got it from here. Yeah. Go protect your mom. And yeah. And the mom, you can see, is just... Freaking out. She's like, you're never leaving my side again, Hugo. Hugo. I think his name's George or something. It's something a little off. But, yeah, then Spider-Man, like, is in front of the rhino, Paul Giamatti, and Paul Giamatti's like, you've come to see me, Spider-Man. I'm ready to attack. And he puts on his rhino suit and starts charging, and Spider-Man grabs a manhole cover and is like, deflect missile, deflect missile. And... Dead. The movie's over. Yep. Nope. Spider-Man died. That's why it ends. Yeah, you know? that's how it happens. And that's why the series never continues. <laughs> no, the, uh... That's Spider-Man. That's yeah, Spider-Man that's, Ma- that's Amazing I, Spider-Man 2. Amazing we got through that summary this quickly. You I know, know but, and, uh... Just something to know, like, you know that final shot where it's, like, him with the manhole cover, like, swinging it against the rhino? Uh-huh. That was a shot in the trailer. That was the last shot of the trailer. Yep. And it progressively got better and better as each trailer came out, but it still was, like... 
If you go back and watch the first trailer of that, it's like, wow. Well, the the original trailer made it look like Rhino was going to be, like, the secondary villain. Oh, like, God. Like, it looked like Elektra was going to be the primary villain, Rhino was going to be the secondary, and then Harry was going to be in the background setting up sequels. Yeah. But... That's not how it happened. Nope. And, uh... And, yeah, they they show all of Rhino's screen time in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, they do. Ugh. Um, well, so, that's Spider-Man. It's it's a mess. Uh, yeah, I mean, we still didn't even cover a lot of it that didn't oh, matter. Like, God, we, we did not cover so many parts of it because... Like, Aunt May is taking secret nurse schooling. Well, uh, from a plot that, like, didn't go anywhere, had nothing to do with anything, was a good character moment, but, like, doesn't do much for the story. No, and then uh, Peter Parker and Emma Stone have the whole closet scene where they're like, that's so cliched, like, oh, these people are trying to find you, like, because yeah. it's not needed, you know? Well, yeah, because it was during one of the times when Peter goes to visit Harry, and he's like, I can't give you Spider-Man's blood, uh, and it's right after that, and then Gwen's like, I did some research on Max. We don't. We didn't really need that. No. Uh, you said you liked this film. What about it do you like? So, it's basically two different movies that they put into this one movie. Uh-huh. And I think both movies are are good. They're are like enjoyable in different ways, but they don't work together. You've got on one side, you've got the electro plot, this big, colorful, cheesy, bombastic, not realistic at all <laughs> superhero movie that's just all about quips and fun. And, like, you know, finding yourself. And then you've got the hairy Green Goblin plot where it's corporate takeover and this <laughs> dark, sinister kind of thing happening. And I think there's there's a place for both of these to meet up, but I think they need to physically be two separate movies. Okay. Like ideally, if you were going to bring them into each other, uh, you'd have, I think, the second movie be the Electro one, and at the end of it, Electro's not dead. They capture Electro... And then uh, for the third one, when Harry Osborn's like, I need help, he frees Electro and is like, you still want revenge on Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it, like, it's, it slowly devolves from there. But, like, yeah, it's just... And especially once, once the Green Goblin sh- actually shows up and they've turned Harry into the cartoon character. But th- they're, in, they're in the serious movie section but they've changed one of the characters to one of the cartoon characters. Like, uh, it, it's, it's stuff that, like, works in different places. And I, I think that it's just the tones don't match. And I'm not saying that these are, like, you know, Oscar-caliber films, but, like, I think they would be very enjoyable additions to the Spider-Man canon if you have the first movie that's, like, the setup where it's, like, here's the lizard, the mystery <laughs> of your parents. The second one is, like, this fun romp with Jamie Foxx being this crazy guy who, like, everybody shits on, and Spider-Man's like, no, man, I care about you. You, person. (laughs) And he's like, you don't remember me at all. And then Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy are like, we're having relationship problems, and it's really hard to be Spider-Man. And then the third movie is Harry. Harry could still be in the second one, but just be, like, Peter's friend. Okay, so he's not the Green Goblin yet? No, he's not the Green Goblin yet. He's there, and, like, like, you know, inside conversations about, like, hey, I know you were here, for, I was here for you, for your parents, you know, my dad just died, and I inherited the company. He's like, that must be really hard for you. And he's like, yeah, it is. And, like, they have normal friend conversations. And then the third one is when he finally, like, discovers that he's dying of the same disease, mm, okay. and he becomes the Green Goblin in, like, you know, a serious way. Right. That's, that's when uh, Gwen and Peter's relationship is fully tested, and that's when you kill Gwen Stacy. It's the third one. 
Oh wow! So you I still I still want to kill Gwen Stacy. I still think. Oh, I want to. Ki- I want to kill her. Obviously, I don't want to kill her as <laughs> as a thing because like Gwen Stacy is honestly such a better character than Mary Jane ever was. Yeah, I mean, especially if we're talking about the um, Sam Raimi movies. Yeah. Well, this Gwen Stacy is way better than the Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man 3, for sure, too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that she, not as a, because I think just it's such a powerful thing for, for Spider-Man to go through, like, to have, you know, the person he trusted most and the person he promised her father that he'd protect just fully dies literally at his hands. <laughs> There's a lot we need to change about this. Yes. Like, uh, what like what stuff do you want to change in general uh, like not not not, not, not about my not about my like two movie theory because that's how I would want to do it but I do want to hear from someone who doesn't like the stuff that's in the movie like how you would change it. Are we going into surgery right now or just broad? Stuff? Uh, let's do broad strokes that'll lead into surgery. I mean, we got to cut down a lot of the other subplots that don't go anywhere. Yes, honestly, get Paul Giamatti out of there. Mm-hmm. Start the movie with Jimmy Fox being Electro because. I mean, we're making him sympathetic. Why? <laughs> it's just to have a villain backstory. Yeah, but, like, you could do that in different ways. Like, maybe everything's already happened, and Harry really does know about Max being not treated the best. Mm-hmm. And then we found out that Peter's like, wait, so you knew that this guy was treated badly? I don't know. I, I cut the rhino stuff. Cut the parent stuff out. That doesn't go anywhere. Oh yeah, the parent stuff is just such a. That's such a a, a studio mandated bullshit. Like we need to have an overarching mystery. Well, because in this one, right, the deleted scene has the dad coming back, right? Oh, that that's I, I would go over that at the end, but like we can talk about that now. Because yeah, let's just talk about a, it now. That's such a horrible thing, and I'm that honestly for me makes the movie so much better. That that they cut that scene. Out. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Like the dad's showing up out of nowhere. He shows up in the scene, like at Gwen Stacy's grave, while Peter's like mourning her, and that's uh, you can't you can't do that to like especially in a, like such a serious moment. Like the the whole point of killing Gwen Stacy is to give Peter this like powerful moment of like deciding not to be Spider-Man and like feeling like things have failed him, so why should he continue helping the city or whatever? And having his dad show up to be like, you need to be Spider-Man because plot reasons, myth, mythology reasons. You don't need this overarching mythology to make Spider-Man Spider-Man. Yeah, like, what does it add? What What are we else are we getting from the parents or that his dad comes back? Like, I, I'm sure this is what Sony thought, too, but this whole subplot of the family, what did it add? It just is it's, talking about why why Peter can be Spider-Man and why Harry can't get his blood. Well, yeah, and it just makes it makes Peter the chosen one, which you don't you don't need him to be the chosen one. He just right. was the kid that got bit by a spider. It, honestly, it makes him it undercuts it a lot if Peter is a chosen one because the whole point is that he got bit by the spider and like has a few more powers, but he developed the technology on his own and he's the one who like decided to like go out and be a vigilante, which <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it 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 helps in that way instead of being like Peter, you were always destined to be Spider Man, like it and yeah and just. It, it doesn't work, especially everything else with the parents' subplot adds nothing. It just shows you that he's the chosen one. Like, you could still keep his parents working at Oscorp, but that's all you need to get him to be friends with Harry. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into surgery. Let's talk about stuff we'd want to change, what we think would make it better. I, I think you should leave the charge of this one, because I, I like most of it for the most part. I just really want to separate the two movies. We just got to 
cut it all a lot out. I think we just start the movie with Jamie Foxx being Electro already. So, like he takes over the Rhino position right now. We just open up with him because I don't really see a reason why we need a villain to have this backstory and make him sympathetic. I think maybe we could have Harry already be the main guy, the CEO, saying like his father passed away. We slowly realize that he's like turning into something, and that makes him more of a mad scientist where he's like, I'm trying everything to save my life, Pete. And so now we sort of see why Jamie Foxx's character was neglected, because they're just pushing them and not giving them enough respect. That's just something overall I'd want to change, I would say. Mm-hmm. I want to make Max, like, he's not this nerd that gets treated badly. He's got to be, like, Jerry from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I think he already is. But, like, I don't know. He's not as, like, bubbly about it, I guess. Well, he's not as endearing, like, the... I guess the thing with Jerry is that Jerry's just this wholesome, wonderful person, and like everyone just ruins him. Because like, Jerry's uh, not a weirdo. No, Max you know? is like a weirdo. Like he, he doesn't. No one deserves to be ostracized. However, he doesn't put himself in the best position not to be ostracized. Yeah, exactly. Kind of getting shit on because he's like very over the top and weird, and people shouldn't be mean to him. However, you don't wonder why people are being mean to him. Yeah, exactly. Gotta cut the parent stuff out. Yeah. Um, can we make their stuff more interesting where it's not like a Jason Bourne subplot or anything? Like, can they have another reason why they left or like... No. <laughs> I think they should just not... I think they could still have worked for Oscorp and like have died either because of like something Norman made them do or like something like that so that... Harry can still Harry and Peter are still friends, but there's still there's like this tension of like, if your dad hadn't like you know made my parents do this thing or whatever, then they would still be here. And like I think that animosity would be something that could bubble to the surface later on in the movie. Okay, because I think like that is an interesting thing that we've never talked about besides these movies is the parents. Like where are they? What are they doing? And, I mean, I'm just sort of tired of, like, oh, they worked for the government. Or, like, oh, yeah, they had these weapons that could have changed everything for the wrong. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I think this would sort of have to retcon part of the first movie. Like, I just want Peter to be at his house alone for a couple days. And then, like, the cops finally come because they're like, where where are your family? Where's your, kid? Where's your parents? And he's like, I don't know. And just, like, by default, he gets to... Aunt May in Uncle Ben's place because it's like Child Protective Services is like, we don't know where the family is. And there it's more of like, okay, like, what happened to them? Are they dead? Are they alive? And then, you know, I don't want to make it like anticlimactic, but maybe they're just, they're just dead. There's nothing, nothing, nothing cool. They just, just, something happened in Morocco or like, you know how in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, trigger warning, you know, trigger warning for everyone that Ray, Ray's parents as of now, Aren't anyone? Yeah. Are we making that? Like, I, mean, I guess it is sort of just anticlimactic in general. But it's it's not really anticlimactic because they never needed to be anything. You know, not, uh, not to compare to the Sam Raimi trilogy, but they weren't anybody and it didn't really matter. It was just, it was mostly, I think, in the marketing of the, of the movie to be like, you'll see the untold story of Peter's parents. And no one was really asking who Peter's parents were. Yeah. He just lived with his aunt and uncle. That's just how it happened. 
I just I'm trying to think of something fun for them to have a backstory in, and I don't know if it's like, oh, they actually are bad people, and oh snap, the kingpin is actually Peter's dad. No, what, I think we just cut the parents out altogether. Okay, I think that's the the be- the best move for this type of movie is just have them have, you could have them there to be like, I miss my parents. I bet you do. Yep. Yep. Like, because we could maybe talk about like having abandonment problems and, like, mm-hmm. how he's more dependent on Gwen because of that. Well, and that's or, why he'd be sad about her leaving and going to Oxford, is, like, her leaving would make him feel like, you know, his same way that his parents left him for whatever reason. I think if, if that plot is going to also stay in there, that Peter and Gwen are having relationship troubles. Because I, I like that. I, it, makes, it makes Peter and Gwen, like, a lot more uh, sympathetic and, like, more relatable. I want Gwen to be the person that's really, like, trying to get the relationship together back, too. Like, let's take out from the first movie that Peter's like, oh, yeah, but promises you don't keep are the best type of promises. Because, like, sorry, Peter, you're just a douche for doing that. Yeah. And now, like, Gwen's always trying to prove to Peter that she can, like, handle herself and that he she doesn't need to be protected. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes more of a, like, I'm not the princess that needs saving but then it sort of does sort of get undercut that she dies. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, it, it's been his mission to be, like, I'm going to protect you. And then when she's the one that's, like, I'm going to go be myself, that she ends up dying. So it's like, oh, I should have protected her. But, like, mm, it, it, it definitely does undercut the, the message. But I, I still think there's a way of going about it. And, like, if you kind of do it the way that you were saying, I think that, like, she's kind of the... She's in charge from the start, not... Not Peter being like, I need to save you. Yeah, needing I need to save you and I'm going to stalk you and everything. Like, I think one thing, say we change how Gwen dies, mm-hmm. where, because I know the way that she dies in this movie is like to the comics because she actually died like that. But what if, like, for Electro, there's this, like, you need to overpower this one thing and it's going to explode and Peter's like, I'm going to do it. And then, I, I don't know, somehow Gwen pushes or gets Peter out of there being like, you're going to do a lot better in the world than I can. This is my moment. And she sacrifices herself. Because at least at that point, she's not like... True. I mean, it makes more sense for her character. Yeah. It's a thing that's done a lot where it's like, you know, the, the tricking someone to sacrifice yourself, which is why I appreciated the movie doing something a little bit different than that. But again, it's, it's hard to say you did it differently. And I appreciate it when it undercuts the message of your movie she's doing everything she's not having stuff happen to her Mm -hmm. because she's trying to prove that she should be there and then at the end it's like no you really shouldn't have been (laughs) sorry but it's true yeah well also the worst part is that she like for the final part of the movie she's talking about like i'm the only one who knows how to like reset the power grid it was just unlocking a box and pulling a lever I'm I'm sure that I'm sure in the initial script there was like a complicated way of doing it, and they filmed those scenes and they just never got around to refilming them. Yeah. And instead they filmed a simpler part where she's just pushing a lever. Well, because she just like looks around, sees some dead construction workers with the key in his hand, and then they just grab it and yeah. she does it. Like I didn't really notice that until you pointed that out. But man, that is really lazy. She says it about three times where she's like, "I'm I work there. I know I know how to reset the power." Like things like, yeah, I do too. You put the key in the lock and you pull the lever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's, she, she's, again, she's such a good character that it's just such a, a waste to, like, have her not be, be more. Do you, so do you want her to sacrifice herself, I guess? I, mm, 
Because I, I think know. for I, a character-wise, it's better for her to make this decision than yeah, it I to still, happen. I think if she's going to die, it would be better for her to like be the one to decide to do it. Yeah. Here's how I think it has to be the power grid or whatever. Like, oh, Peter, I need you to be at the other side to pull this trigger. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so she... Peter webs over there, and he, like, looks around, so maybe he's, like, half a mile away or something. He's like, there's no lever. And she's like, I know. I'm sorry, Peter. You, you're going to do a lot better, a lot more good in the world than I can, and mm-hmm. this is what I have to do. Would that be, like, the final moment of the movie, like, the big saving thing, or would there still be, like, a, you know, a villain for him to fight? Oh, no, this is the big thing. I, I'm taking this. Electro's the only guy right now. Okay, so he... It's, so, they're just fighting Electro. So, so Gwen Stacy, like, is the one who saves the day, basically. Yes, okay. she's the one that saves the day. And then Peter's like, wait, Gwen, no. And then it's like, and, you know. That's good. I mean, it's very uh, Iron Man 3 where Pepper Potts is actually the one who saves the day at the end of that one. Yeah, but, I mean, Gwen's dead still. Gwen's dead still, no. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's, like, what it reminds me of is that, like, you still give someone else who's not the title character something to do, which still, I mean, I would argue that Gwen is still, like, the like the, uh, a lead in the movie. Right? Oh, she does. She, she definitely is a lead, but I think this way too. As if Peter's continually to go to her grave and just sulk over everything, like it's he'll be like more like, wait, she died, so I could do more good. Like I'm well, now, I need to motivate myself to go back out to well, do. And also listening to her graduation speech, like, like yeah. if, if that ends up what he ends up doing, like it feels more like a motivator rather than shit. I killed her. <laughs> yeah, listen to her graduation speech. I guess I'll pick up my shit and do what I have to do. Yeah, and I I don't want to see the graduation speech in the first openings of it. Like, I know it's not word for word, I want to say, that we see at the end, but yeah, still, like, have average, it. But it should be a bigger thing where Gwen's like, you missed my graduation speech. You're like, no, you the, better watch that. There will be a quiz later. That's actually and, the first thing that I wanted to change, too, and I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, it would have been so much better if she's, like, on the phone. And she's like, get over here now. And then they're like, Gwen Stacy, valedictorian. And then we just cut away and we only have the rhino stuff. Yeah. Like him fighting that or whoever the intro villain ends up being. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up and she's like, you missed the speech. I know. I'm sorry, but I love you. And kisses her. Does yeah. that thing. And then he never does like actually listen to it till then, you know. Yeah. And well, because at some point then she should like hand him the flash drive to be like, here, I- listen to this when you need to pick me up or something. Yeah. Like, you listen to this, there will be a quiz, yeah. and then, like, maybe he's webbing around talking to her, and she's like, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, uh, when I said this, or, like, doesn't this remind you of this quote? And he's like, oh, I've never heard that. And he's like, well, then I know you didn't listen to my speech. And he's like, oh, damn, oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm watching too many YouTube videos about web slinging. Now, in, in this version, do you keep the Harry plot as well, or do you only have Electro. Harry's in it. He's not going to become Green Goblin. I want him to be more like, I'm dying, Pete. I need to go to these extremes to save myself. And it's just not me. Like, there's others that have been diseased like this. And I'm the only, I'm the one that's survived the longest because of my wealth. But, you know, wealth can only get you so much. Like, he needs to be more extreme to the point where maybe that's why we feel sympathetic to Electro. Like, Electro's like... I was disregarded. No one cared about me. It was my birthday. Yeah. Well, it's it's, uh, it's hindsight sympathy, I think. Instead of like seeing him from the start be this nerdy person who like gets shit on, mm-hmm. like he's if he does start off as Electro, and then you find out through Harry that he's been working him to the bone to be like working, and you find out like later on Harry was like, yeah, this nerd Max 
was like working overtime and he still failed me. God, how could he, you know, he was working 90 hours a week. How could he not have done that? <laughs> well, maybe Max also does know the like serum to fix him or anything. Mm-hmm. And based on certain genetics, how <laughs> this mixer goes, will change him different. And that's how like Max was touching or was had a fork in the electric socket as he was putting himself <laughs> with the uh, serum, serum, and then he becomes Electro Man. And so they're trying to hunt Electro down to get this formula from him. Oh, so would so Harry would still be part of it and like also trying to get Electro? Yeah, he's like, oh, we need to stop Electro, but not kill him because he's a human. But really, like, it's to get the formula. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So then when Electro does die. Harry's mad at Spider-Man because it's like, you killed the only person that knew it. Spider-Man, damn you. Okay. And that's, yeah, and that's that's actually feels like a very genuine setup for a sequel. Yeah. It's not necessarily like a forced setup. Yep. So I like that. I what, like that too. What what kind of tone do you want this one, to, your version, to strike? Do you want it to be the cartoony one that Electro's already in, or do you want it to take more of the series tone n- in the second half? It's got to be se- more serious. You can have jokes and stuff in there, but you know how... Captain America Civil War is serious, but it has those jokes in there now and then. Something like that. Because, I mean, Paul Giamatti and Jamie Foxx are just... They're so cartoony because they don't have any direction. Because they don't know what to do, and they're like, oh, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> well, if you look at Paul Giamatti in that last scene, he's clearly just a CGI head inside of that, yeah. that armor tank. Like, it's, it's too much cheese on that. Oh, uh, see, I, I don't know. I For me, the cheese is fun. When it's just the, when it's like the cheese itself, uh-huh. and the the only serious scenes you would have is like a little bit of like Peter and Gwen's like relationship, and you would just have you know over the top drama with Electro. I, I, I think I think you, I still liked that aspect of it because I do, I think, I like I like superhero movies that are serious. Uh-huh. I like The Dark Knight; it's one of my favorite movies, and I do like the Marvel ones that do get like serious but still have quips. Mm-hmm. However. I thought when this movie was gonna just be, like, kind of a big cartoon, I was actually super excited for it. I thought it was gonna be a fun, different thing where it was gonna be all cinematic and, like, this, like, stylized kind of, like, slow-mo, and then we're gonna see, like, you know, Spider-Man do... Like, the way that he uses his powers is, like, very unique and feels like a fun way, like, the way he traps Paul Giamatti in the first place. And I, I still... I think that there could be... There's still a serious movie that you could make out of it, I just kind of like having already seen the tone of this first half of the movie. I kind of was excited about it being like a good cheese. It's uh, there's a fine line of how much cheese you can intake, yes. you know. And I do think that if they if they had separated the the two plots and like made this more streamlined, they could have made a a good fun time. If this was like ninety minutes to like ninety to hundred minutes. Yeah, I, I could push two hours at the max Mm -hmm. but when it's two and a half hours it was just like this was such a drag to get through Mm -hmm. so many things don't come back together i love aunt may but i don't care about (laughs) the nursing subplot also can we talk about the freaking airplanes that come out of here where it's like the airplanes because there's no electricity so they're about to collide well yeah that that is just such a a plot excuse to have a ticking clock yeah where when electro takes down the power grid we didn't even put that part in the summary well because it's not needed when electro takes down the power grid there's these two planes that are like about to collide like there's a bunch of stuff probably happening in the city that's like not working like you kind of get that with aunt may where like she's at the hospital and like clearly the people's like life support has just been like gone out and, like, there's that stuff happening, and then two planes are about to collide, 
and then they get the power back on just in time for the planes to, like, scoot out of the way. Well, just, if you're going to do the planes, have someone we care about there. Yeah. Like, have Aunt May there, or, oh. Or even Peter's dad. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I was thinking, like, oh, Peter's dad, what? No, that would be dumb. But something. Yeah, not, because it's such, it's such a, it is such a stupid moment to have, like, a forced, like, here's the planes that are about to crash. It's sloppy. Yeah, or even... If you don't, if you want to keep going away from the danger, what if she's on one of those planes? What if that's her plane to Oxford or whatever? Oh, okay, that could sort of work. Yeah, it, um, it changes the plot a little bit, but just again, putting a character we care about or like some something else, or even like a side character, like you know how they introduce a couple joke characters, like Aidy Bryth from SNL is like dressed as a Statue of Liberty lady, like early on. Mm-hmm. And like there's a couple nerds on TV that are like, oh man, we saw Spider Man. I bet we know how this happened. He had like this rubber suit put like a few of them on there where it's like even if it doesn't matter we've seen them before i just still wouldn't care if they're on there not to the point where i'm like oh you gotta save the you gotta get the electricity on so the nerds survive come on peter if you give them better jokes and like more endearing stuff to do i think you do you could you could uh pass fail your way through that like that's not the right way of saying it but you know what i mean yeah like it's it's not important but it's important yeah. So, what do you think? We sort of brushed up on the thought of Aunt May knowing that Spider-Man that she knows that Peter I, is Spider-Man. I like, think it's like that? not not a plot, but I think that's just a fun little bit that happens whenever Peter's home. Uh huh. Is that she does like there's like two times where she's does like the laundry thing where she's like, oh, I need I need I'm the one who does your laundry. Let me take it. And she's like, what don't you want me to see in there? <laughs> and like she knows. And then at the very last second where, like, he's decided he's not, you know, whatever, he's not going to be Spider-Man because Gwen died or something. Yeah. He goes to the funeral and, like, she, like Aunt May brings him the flash drive because she filmed the graduation speech. Oh, and okay. she's like, I think this will really help, this will really help you out and it might, it might even inspire some heroes that we know. And she's, he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, Peter, the day that Gwen dies, Spider-Man stops showing up places <laughs> And you, you could have a little bit of a joke there, like, you know, a, like a fun, lighthearted moment where she's like, this bad thing happened, and, like, I, I know it's you. I've known for so long. Just just watch this. Or she could be like, all right, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And she suits up. And, <laughs> and then we get our Aunt May solo movie. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I think there's one of those, like, you know, like those cutesy last, you know, second to last scene uh, moments where it's like, I've known all along, or like, the thing that picks him up. And yeah. I think that's, that's the moment where she finally reveals it because there's, there's no way she doesn't know at this point. Yeah, no, I, I think it's more fun. And then we can talk about Spider-Man Homecoming when spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming. I forget that happened. Yeah. The very last thing that happens in Spider-Man Homecoming is that Aunt is May she finds sees Aunt May, or Aunt May sees him as Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that will lead to some hilarity down the line. Yes. And I think we could have done something with this also, but... But, alas, that is the movie that we were given, and we have a few different takes on how it should go, but I think, overall, there's these are these are good ways of fixing it. Just cut, cut down on all these unnecessary plots. Can we... What do you think about Ghost Dad? Ghost Dad, I like the idea uh-huh. that Peter is haunted by something that makes him want to protect the people in his life. Do I think it should be Ghost Dad? No. <laughs> what if when, you know, what we're saying, when Gwen pulls the lever and she commi- kills herself, like, Peter's like, 
strut, and then he turns and he sees Ghost Dad, and he just shakes his head and walks away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how you get a sequel right there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think we've covered the basics of, or, no, not the, the basics. basics, we covered everything well, on how to fix this. I mean, it's 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 a doctoring, but it is a, a, a fairly large overhaul. This, you know, this was like doing a triple bypass right now, you know, getting all into the nitty gritty, getting the, putting stuff in, putting some stuff out. Yeah, I, I think that covers everything. I mean, yeah, I, I like the, the, this version that we could, that we could have. We, we can still debate on what the tone of it will be. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm not disap. Oh, you know what? They they need to say with great power comes great responsibility. Damn it! Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Say it in the first one. No, they didn't say it in the first one at all. Oh, wait. I have okay. Wait. Let's continue with this. um, Great power with great responsibility. You don't think it's needed? No. Why? It's not they didn't say it in the first one. No, you don't need it. Why? Because it's it, it was done in the Sam Raimi trilogy, and we know what he mean what he like what he means by it. Like we know that with great power comes great responsibility. That's the whole Spider-Man like thing. That's this whole thing of being this kid who has this large power. Now he's like figuring out how to take care of like himself and his family and his friends. And I think it just, if you don't, you don't want the tone to be cheesy. You just said specifically you don't want the tone to be cheesy. That's not being cheesy. Yes, That's is. just That's what not, the heart of Spider-Man is. The heart of Spider-Man, it, it has inevitably become cheesy because of the power that it has taken in the common lexicon of life and, <sighs> and uh, how, how prevalently it is said and parodied that I think at this point it's, you would have to really almost revamp Spider-Man so much that when you say that it, it takes on the same meaning but different like it, it's it's not just uncle ben doing it it's like in a way that feels more organic i feel like it it relies too much on knowing the first movie and like being like i love i love the first movie and i love that they said this thing in the first movie it, it feel to me it feels like a, a a requisite line that i'm very surprised that they didn't actually force this movie to say. Unless they did say it in the cutscene. You know, Aunt May, when she's handing the memory card to Peter, could have just been like, hey, with great power comes great responsibility. And our version is what I'm saying. Like, when, I, you know, I th- she's I think, doing the... I think, week. yes, the only time it could happen, the only time it could happen is after she hands it to him, and she's like, you know, after they're done, like, I can't believe you knew who I am. What do I do now? And she's just like... I don't know what you need to do specifically, but I just know that with great power comes great responsibility. I will allow it if it happens exactly okay. specifically in that one moment. I'm still not happy about it because I think that's a thing that only the first movie gets to the first or the first series gets to have. No, send it. That's how it's happening. We're doing it on that. <laughs> All right, it's written. It's written in the new script. I hope Mark <laughs> Webb is ready to do his remake of Amazing Spider-Man. Too. Yes. Okay, and another thing that I just remembered: where the hell's the guy that killed Uncle Ben? He's gone. What? We gotta talk no, about we don't that. Don't need him anymore. Okay. Again, you don't want all this stuff to be cheesy. No, it's oh. not cheesy. But like, have some. We spent at least twenty minutes in the first movie about that. Yeah, that's what those twenty minutes were for. It wasn't. But a he great doesn't catch minutes. him. Yeah, he doesn't. 
Oh my god, Jesus! I, it was it wasn't a setup for anything else. If you're gonna have them be the rhino, or like, no. how about this? Oscorp is testing all these things on people, so the venom ends up being well, and they just grab random people off the streets, homeless Out of people, the twelve million people, and they take they take uh, they take Uncle Ben's killer. He turns out to be an electro. There's your freaking Electro backstory. No. I guess it's like the Sandman from the third one. Ooh, no. Uh. I, <laughs> you were on, such, you were on a, a great track that I was agreeing with these things, even though I, I, I prefer it to be different. And then you're going on these left field turns. Uh. And, that's, and that's what's great about the show Dr. Script, <laughs> in which we can have different opinions on how these things uh, uh, should go. All right, fine. I'll let I'll let go of the Uncle Ben. All right, I'll give you great power comes great responsibility if you let go of Uncle Ben. All right, Ben's all right. Character. Well, we got a deal. All right, we're in the middle there. <laughs> There's the art of the deal for you, folks. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, I I think I think that means it's time to go. Yeah. Do you want to talk about deleted scenes or? Uh, I I guess yeah. The last thing we should probably just go over is just how much longer this movie could have been. Yeah. Like I think I talked about it earlier, but like we sprinkled about scenes, it. Like, the ending scene with uh, with Peter's dad, uh, Mary Jane is in this movie. Like Shailene Woodley, like they actually got an actress that they were expecting to use for future movies, cut entirely. Harry's uh, assistant, his like, there's like a whole love interest subplot, completely cut. More scenes with like Aunt May at the hospital, completely cut. Um, I think there was more stuff with Electro, like getting his powers and stuff and, like, in the middle of, like, being tortured. Mm. Gone. Like, I don't know. Do you, have a, do you know the scenes? No, those were all the ones I really like, knew about. It's it's insane because that's, like, those are full plots. Those are, like, full stories that got completely cut, which means that this movie that was already two hours and 20 minutes could probably have pushed three hours. God. And not just, like, as, a, as an initial cut, but, like, as a, as a full movie that includes everything where you're trimming the fat but you still include every scene. Also, it, especially the part with uh, what's uh, his dad coming back uh-huh. and, and like undercutting Gwen's death, putting in Mary Jane would have undercut her God. death so much. So that would have been in such bad taste. And the fact that they would bring Mary Jane into it and if they named her throughout the movie, Gwen, of course Gwen's going to die. Yeah. That's, that's what they're setting up. Yeesh. Yeah, no, they made the right decisions on that. I don't know why they spent the time filming and doing that. Like, did they really need to watch the movie and be like, wow, that's in bad taste? Well, imagine it's like, how long that script was. Like, when they had all those extra scenes. And, well, I'm, I, my hope would be that the version that they went into production with before the studio sent notes back and was like, set up some sequels for us, please. Basically. I think that maybe that version could have actually been good. Like, there could have been an actual good way of putting Mary Jane into it and putting more of, like, a Harry love interest. <laughs> Harry love interest. <laughs> a love interest for Harry. Because uh, I like Felicity Jones as an actress. I bet she would have been great. And I think she plays, like, a named character that's, like, has a supervillain role later on. Yeah, I think... I want to say she becomes Black Cat, but I don't quote me on that. With the people that they cast and, like, the stuff that they could have done, it feels like such wasted potential. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the the main part of the movie that I would call it a S- Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasted potential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I think we covered all all bases and everything else. Yeah, I think we covered it all. 
Listen, y'all, you're allowed to have whatever hot takes you want. If you want to like Amazing Spider-Man 2, go for it. If you want to hate it, go for it. If you somehow have a middle ground opinion of it, go for it. I think the viewers really want to know, because I, I was not a big fan of this. You were decent with it. You were a fan. I hated Solo. You thought yeah, it was Solo. okay. What's a movie you hate? What's it? Grinch Knight. <laughs> That's uh, a short. I know. That doesn't count. I want to think of a movie that I hate that people like. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. Oh, I hate Moulin Rouge. Maybe we should do that someday. Oh, God. That's even. That's like three hours. It's not three hours. I think it's only two hours. Uh, it's two, two, two hours. If, Can you... So, oh, I hate Grease. Okay. I think, I think we talked okay. about that before. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe just as a personal conversation, we've had that. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I, also, I don't hate musicals. I'm sorry. For us, I picked <laughs> two musicals. I love musicals. I just hate those two. Okay. All right. Well, fun fact for viewers or yes. listeners. Um, okay. Yeah, that's it for us, guys. Uh, the usuals. If you want to get us our latest content, follow us on Instagram at Dr. Script. Same with Facebook, Dr. Script. Twitter, it's DR Script Podcast, like the actual DR Script Podcast. Uh, tweet us at tweet us at us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a nice yes. little five star review. Type out something. We got a got a few stars in there, but it'd be nice to see some words to hear, kind of like your feedback to know what you like and what you don't like. Uh, yeah, that would be a lot for us. So please, if you have the time, do it. And if we're having any more Kira Knightley moments, please. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, that's all for me. All good for you, Sam? All good for me. Have an amazing night, everybody. Hey, yo. Deuces, guys. <laughs>